0: Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, bundles. Whatever the insurance need happens to be, you turn to Purdy Insurance. They are the Professionals, they get it done. They get you the right policy, the right coverage, the best possible price. They take care of the policy for you over time, and whenever you need it, they throw their heart and soul into making sure you're okay. That's because they're great people who happen to be great professionals. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Dot com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And you can always go to sunburymotors.com. Check out the great line of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Pre-owned inventory. You can get the process started from the comfort of your own living room if you want to. All at Sunbury Motors and sunburymotors.com. Uh, we will have today, is it is, is it Rachel Levine and the Secretary of the Department of Aging? Is that who it is today?
2: That is correct, at 3.30. The
1: Department of Aging thing, that's not like some sort of shot at me, is it?
2: <laughs> no, I promise you it's not. It's just an it's an update, well, the general daily update yeah. that Dr. Levine always gives, but then they're going to have more on nursing homes and how they're mitigating right. against You're, that.
1: Which have been so hard hit. Uh, before we get to that, and before we actually get to the meat of the show, which we do every day, obviously what's happened the last few days can't go by without at least saying something about it. I think you know for the most part we try to do a sports show. You know, we are always aware of what's going on around us. Yesterday here in State College, a protest took place in downtown State College. Hundreds took took part in the protest. There was also one in Holidaysburg as well. Now, I don't know if there were any in the Valley at all, Matt, along the way.
2: We had three, all on Sunday. One in Milton, one in Lewisburg, one in Sealance Grove. Okay.
1: Well, hundreds were on hand yesterday here in State College. And the same story in Hollidaysburg. And I think all five of these have something that's in common. They were all meaningful, powerful protests that also were peaceful. Uh, Yesterday here in State College, Lamar Stevens spoke to the crowd. It was powerful. It was meaningful. It was respectful. It was classy. C.J. Thorpe from the football team spoke to the crowd. It was powerful. It was meaningful. Well-spoken like Lamar. Respectful. Each reminding everybody that you haven't walked a mile in their shoes, which is really, really important. And how often over the years have you heard me on this show, Matt, it, 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 not this situation, but in other situations, always saying how we have to remind people to you know, like when you're thinking about something, like think about taking a walk in somebody else's shoes. And if you don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes, I ask.
2: Yes, take many mo- times.
1: Ta- take 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 a moment and find out if you're not sure what it's like to take a walk in somebody else's shoes. Ask. And there are certain things that are, that are absolute basics, but you have to say it because it's power. You have to say it out loud. Racism is wrong. Institutional racism is wrong. People are people. These are all things we've talked about before. But it's more than just powerful words. Words need to be backed up by behavior and action. Not week by week or day by day, but minute by minute. Minute by minute. And that's so important in all of this. James Franklin put out a powerful statement. Sandy Barber put out a powerful statement on this people are people deserving of our respect just like you're hoping people respect you and we just have to back up powerful words with proper action minute by minute every day there are a lot of beautiful people out there Incredible people, all different walks of life, all different walks of life. And think of all those people that have enhanced and enriched your life. There is no place for racist, ignorant thought anywhere, in any individual, any neighborhood. Or any institution, whatever that institution may be. And we need to band together and speak with one loud voice to make sure that's the attitude that prevails. Conversely, I will say this I just talked about the powerful, peaceful protests with powerful messages in the five locations yesterday. Riding is not protest. So we wanted to at least start the show because you can't turn on the TV and not see it across your screen as to what's happening out there. And one of the problems that you have here is that all those powerful, peaceful protests that have, that have been going through me- all these cities—the message is completely getting lost by those who don't pers- don't uh, respect the powerful, peaceful protest. All right. Anything you wish to add, Matt? Or?
2: no? I think that sums it up well for me.
1: As you know, I don't normally delve into into this because, you know, we try to keep it as a sports show and what it's supposed to be, and, in quote stay in our lane. But there are times that, look, I grew up in the 60s. I grew up in the 60s. I remember distinctly, like it was yesterday, the riots in this country that took place in the in the 60s, especially the late 60s. 68 was, was an awful year. I remember distinctly and exactly where I was when Dr. King was shot and killed, and then the aftermath. And then two months later, Bobby Kennedy was shot and killed, and the aftermath and the democratic national convention in chicago that's why when we had on the show 2 years ago denny mclean on the show cuz denny was making an appearance here in state college and we had denny mclean on the show and that's why i was able to talk to him about 1968 yeah obviously he's he's you know he's going to be what 14 years older than me whatever um but Talked about how that baseball team, of all things, because the Tigers won the World Series in 68, kind of calmed things down a little bit. Well, this nation was anything but calm. I remember Mayor John Lindsay walking through Harlem, for goodness sakes, and actually calming the masses down. So, yeah, I remember distinctly what it was like then and what it's like now. All right. Um, So let's, if you don't mind, we'll make a turn back to sports, and then we'll go back to the press conference at 335 today. Um, uh, By the way, Pat Dye passed away, the former Auburn coach. Three uh, Sugar Bowls got Auburn back to... uh, a toe-to-toe competition with Alabama, which included recruiting some guy named Bo Jackson. Then there's this report. Some Major League owners are perfectly willing to cancel the 2020 season to save money per report. (laughs) Now remember, here's the issue that you have in Major League Baseball with ownership. And that is as follows. What is the what is the common denominator of every major league team? The common denominator is longstanding fan bases. The longstanding fan bases, for example, let's take the Phillies. The long standing fan base remembers Chris Short, Jim Bunning, Johnny Callison. All right. They may even go back to Richie Ashburn playing, for goodness sakes. You know, and then they they go through with Luzinski and Mike Schmidt and Steve Carlton and McCarver and those guys, and they work there all the way through to you know the Ryan Howard group and halliday and and you know up to the up to present time. The fans are the ones that have all the longstanding memories. They also have the long-standing memories of what it's like to go through the pain of a work stoppage and the pent-up frustration. Well, the last work stoppage in Major League Baseball was 1994 into 95, as we all know. There was no World Series in 94. 95 started the season in a strike. Only nine of the 30 owners currently in Major League Baseball owned teams in 94 and 95. The other 21, no. That's why I talk about this is what the fans think because they're there the entire time. You're now dealing with more than two thirds of the owners that didn't go through ninety-four and ninety-five and have no idea really what the damage was like to overcome. I will say this, the major league baseball players put out a proposal for a one hundred and fourteen game season. I looked at that, and went, okay. It was the next sentence that maybe sit back and go, not okay. And that was to end October thirty-first. Like, whoa. You want to go that late into the fall? Really? That means the playoffs would start November 2nd. Wow. I can understand the 114 games because I feel it gives everybody a chance at more revenue. I got that. There was one key part to it, though, that could be the foundation to solving the impasse between the two sides. And it's not the 114 games. It's not the October 31st part. There was a sentence put in there that involved deferred compensation. Ah. That could be the basis for an agreement. Buster Olney of ESPN writes, sources say there's a group of owners perfectly willing to shut down the season to slash payroll costs and reduce losses and the disparate views uh, among the 30 teams have been reflected in the decisions to fire and furlough. The Pirates' Bob Nutting used the shutdown as an avenue to suspend team contributions to employee 401K plans, savings best measured monthly in terms of tens of thousands of dollars rather than millions, that it would actually be difference-making for a franchise probably worth at least a billion. Oakland A's John Fisher decided to eliminate the $400 weekly salaries of minor leaguers yesterday, which might save the franchise about the amount of the team's unpaid stadium rental bill. On the other hand, Tigers, Padres, and Royals demonstrated greater humanity, with the Royals' John Sherman deciding to pay his minor leaguers through the summer. This is what Major League Baseball has dealt with to this point. The Astros won, won a World Series bashing trash cans. I would think that's a bad look. Mad? you can give me the thumbs
2: up or thumbs down. Bad look? Uh, yes, a big thumbs up there.
1: Uh, minor League Baseball, we're going to change... And eliminate 25% of the current franchises. Good look or bad look?
2: Thumbs down. I vote
1: vote bad. Canceling the season. Good look or bad look?
2: Yeah. Very bad look.
1: Major League Baseball's World Series last year won seven games. Good series. Road team won every game. The Nationals finally won game seven. It drew an 8.1 rating. 8.1 Super Bowl was 46 NBA Finals in the teens now last year they did set a record for revenue baseball had a record setting revenue season of 10.7 billion dollars like any business right now they're dealing with thin margin lines but at the same time There has to be a point where you have to think about 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. And that's why you bite the bit right now. Absorb your loss, but keep the game alive to keep the trust in the fan base whom you're going to need moving forward. Just giving up the ghost and walking away. Could do irreparable damage to a sport right now that is not on a roll. The governor's office next.
0: Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. The Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding their customers exactly the insurance that's needed to to cover them, whether it be auto, home, life, business, bundles. They do the best job of finding the best rate possible whenever possible. Updating policies, and if there's ever a claim, they go to work as if it happened to them. Customer service means everything to them at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and you can always go online to sunburymotors.com. Check out the great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Kia, and great pre-owned inventory. All at SunburyMotors.com. In a moment, we'll get to Jim Salisbury. But first, our play-by-play call of the day. Matt Stairs goes deep in the
0: NLCS. Stairs rips one into the night. Deep into right. Way out of here. And Philadelphia gets a pinch hit. Two-run shot. And the Phillies lead 7-5 in the eighth. Joe Buck on Fox.
1: With that we bring in Jim Salisbury from NBC Sports Philly Jim I hope you and yours are well with no issues at all.
3: <laughs> Thank you Steve uh, yeah we're uh, hunkered down like uh, everybody else is um, hoping for the best on, on a lot of fronts uh, Exi- front, yeah obviously um, with all the protests going on and uh, hearts go out to everyone on all sides really
1: well said. So let's, for a moment, as a diversion, talk uh, some Phillies baseball here. Uh, Players and owners trying to come to – and I think, to me, Jim, I think they've got maybe until about the 11th or 12th of the month to get this solved. Uh, So what do you think the possibility is of a resolution?
3: You know, all along I've been optimistic, and um, people I talk to are optimistic, uh, there's probably been a little pessimism creeping in in some quarters. Uh, that said, I remain optimistic that we are going to see some type of a season. And I guess my optimism is quite simply, I don't believe either side is going to be willing, they going to be stupid enough <laughs> to not play baseball <laughs> and to inflict the damage that I think, they could inflict on the game um, long-term, beyond this season. Uh, and not just, you know, in terms of popularity and people turning their backs on the game. Just the, the the revenue damage that they could uh, do to the sport in 2021, 2022, on both sides. You know, the, the, the owners would, who are already losing money, would stand to lose um, a whole lot more money than they already are, and you know, the, the players, uh, there would be no free agency to speak of this offseason. There would be right. um, dozens upon dozens upon dozens of players out of work next year and, and looking for the next contract. And you know, the revenues would not be there to get them the contracts they expect. Um, uh, if they don't play, how's ownership going to sell a two season ticket this winter? And that's going to affect the overall revenue pool, which uh, they're fighting over now, but, you know, a good chunk of that ends up with the players, and I think the players are going to understand that it's going to really hurt them financially uh, moving forward, even beyond this season. So that's why I hold out hope of, a, of an 82 game season. I just don't think either side has the guts to um, to say no. And I think ultimately, I do believe the players want to play. I just think that they want to uh, get the best deal they can here. Um, and uh, like I know you mentioned, uh, time frame and. You know, it it's 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 getting late early as they say and uh they've probably got another week or so to get something um done here if they wanna play ball in early July. they already it's already starting to push the point where early July is uh might not even be as reasonable as we once thought. But I'm hopeful it's gonna be baseball, um and that's based on a lot of conversations uh that I've had with guys on both sides and that there's a willingness to play. They just gotta They got to expedite these negotiations. The heck with uh, this, you know, one proposal and seven days later the other side counters. They need to start countering you know, a couple times a day and increase the urgency and lock something down here.
1: You are spot on. Uh, And the owners mentioned 82 games starting uh, around the 4th of July weekend. The players mentioned 114 games starting June 30th, but ending October 31st. Which model wins?
3: I don't see, I think. The shorter model probably has to win because all along um, health has been the number one concern on everybody's side, and uh, if you listen to the experts, they're predicting like another flare-up this fall. So I don't know if it's in anybody's best interest to be pushing your season till the end of October, and now you're a month longer postseason into the month of November. Right. Uh, that's just my my feel on it. Um, I think a shorter season. Probably works best uh, health wise, and um, you know you get a, you get 82 games and get into a postseason. And if they can come together on the finances, uh, you know postseasons generally the most of those revenues go to ownership. I think what has to happen there is they got to figure out a way to give the players a bigger slice of bigger slice of the postseason revenues to try to uh, bring an agreement here. And um, they'll have an uh, expanded postseason with 14 teams. I think that could be. Exciting and lucrative, and help both sides recoup some financial losses. But I think it's kind of important you play the bulk of that postseason in the month of, of October.
1: I, I totally agree with that. I did see two key words in the players' proposal because you and I both know the initial player proposal will be rejected by the owners. But at least, but there's something in there I thought was interesting. The two words were deferred compensation. I think that opens the door somewhere along the way for people to talk about.
3: Yeah, and that that also opens the door for the two sides to really build a partnership and, and grow yes. the revenues. Um, so, you know, ownership can defer, uh, make more now, defer it, make more next season, the season after that, and defer it down the road so the players ultimately get it. I think deferral uh, makes some sense, but uh, there's going to be concessions on both sides. They're going to both have to give some uh, to, get, to get this baby done, and um, you know, I appeal to both sides to do something. What we've seen in, uh, throughout the health crisis here is a real sense of community as people band against a common enemy uh, in the virus. Yeah. And we need to see the same sense of community in the uh, owners and the players uh, and, and band together and get something done. Both are going to take losses. It's not ideal. Uh, but for right. the good of the game going forward, uh, they need to, you know, like I said, come together and, and make a deal.
1: Because right now, this is where baseball is to me, Jim. The Astros thing and banging trash cans in the postseason and winning. The minor league baseball proposal, which nobody likes. And then this. You're not exactly what I would call on a a public relations role right now.
3: No, definitely not. Thank you, Houston Astros. Uh, Um. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, look, we know the minor league proposal has been out there for a while. Yep. I am not a fan of it. Uh, You know, contract some of the teams, like up to 40 teams, lower levels. Um, And I was actually kind of, you know, if you went back six months ago, I was like, "Ah, I I, I don't think they'll end up doing that. I think it might be a negotiating um, tactic of some sort. But the virus... Is going to facilitate that contraction of the minor leagues, uh, I fear. Yeah. I mean, they're already yeah. reducing the number of players that are coming into the game by having the draft cut off at five rounds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be I, – I, I don't see how it stops now. I see it going through, and uh, the, the virus is going to facilitate the owner's wishes, and they're going to have a smaller minor leagues uh, here, I would imagine, going forward, and that's going to be a major cost saver in uh, procuring players in uh, player development, uh, in, in salaries and, uh, the the money you pay instructors and scouts. And, um, the the teams are going to cut back on instructing, uh, instructing staffs and, and scouting staff. And to me, uh, boy, that just saddens me. Um, but I think it's it's the way things are going. Uh, they're they're going to mm-hmm. uh, streamline the way they do things uh, in uh, the minor leagues and become, I guess the buzzword these days is efficient, and uh, efficiency is going to reign, it sounds like, uh, here coming up pretty soon. All
1: right. Uh... Uh, I took some time to watch a rerun last night of the Roy Halliday documentary on ESPN e60. I didn't see it the first time around last week, but I got a chance to watch it last night. and of course, for me, the primary interest is that Braden Halliday pitches here at Penn State. Yeah uh, so that so that's a prime that's one of the reasons I really wanted to watch it and I thought he gave a very good account of himself. What were your takeaways from the Halliday documentary last night?
3: Well, I sure would agree with you on, on the young man, Braden, making a, a nice showing. Um, you know, watching him a little bit over the years uh, with his dad. In the clubhouse, you see a lot of players' sons, and some of them just, you know, they don't belong in there, in the clubhouse. They're, they're, they're immature, yeah. and they're, they can they can cut up a little bit, but I'll tell you what, the Halliday boys are both first class and... Um, you know, with the loss of their dad, my my heart has always gone out to them, um, and I root for Braden to have a great career up at Penn State. I saw him pitch for the junior team, uh, Team Canada junior team uh, in spring a couple of years ago, and uh, really good, really good young man. Uh, his parents did a great job there. So, uh, my general re- reaction was, hey, it was a sad, it was a sad. Um, Account of of a, of a you know a great life that ended too soon and um, obviously Roy had had a lot of issues that um, I guess started mushrooming in late in his time in Philadelphia but were you know well under wraps in terms of uh, the public eye um, you know at the end in 2013 you could see he was really distressed he didn't know if it was because of the injuries or the end of his career. Um, uh, looming, and but it might have been a whole lot more than that, as we kind of learned in this um, documentary. But you know, he really wasn't around much in 2013; only made 13 starts, and had been, uh, on, you know, had surgery and was recovering in, in in Florida. So I think most of this stuff sort of mushroomed after his playing career. And um, as interesting as the documentary was, and um, as many kind of cracks as it filled in because, you know, we saw a guy who put a lot of pressure on himself. We saw a guy who was uh, seemed to be in a state of distress late, late in 2013. Uh, as many cracks as it all filled in, you, you wish we never knew this because we only found out about the drug use, uh, the opioid use, through the autopsy report and then a year later through the NTSB report. So none of those see the light of day if Roy Halliday doesn't perish in a plane crash. So uh, and then maybe he has the opportunity to you know, clean things up and, and it, it becomes something that he and his family overcome. So we only learned about this stuff because Roy died and Roy was because Roy was killed. And um so uh but you know, now we do know about it. Um I you know, commend or tip my hat to his wife for having the courage to yeah. tell the story, kind of frame it around. You know, hopefully, other people who have these issues will step up. And uh, I just wish um, you know Roy was still here too, because I think he would have been a—he was a great dad. Just watching him interact with his kids, I think he would have been a great coach or instructor in some sort. He had begun working for the Phillies, and he would have been able to enjoy. Um, you know Braden's career at Penn State, and, and um, he just would, would have been able to enjoy uh, two great sons that he has. So it's just the whole thing just uh, was sad. That's uh, that's the only word I have for it, top to bottom. Yeah, the piece was well done, and it's just a, it's just really sad the way things worked out.
1: It's you know it's interesting, and even when you're around people a lot, and you're around players all you know, a lot, I'm around players and coaches all the time, football, baseball, basketball, because of what I do. And as well as you think you know them, sometimes you don't know all of it, and you don't know internally what they're fighting because they don't want anybody to know.
3: Uh, I, and with Roy Halliday, I mean, he's the um, ultimate example of that. He, yes, you know, he was a very emotionless, stoic guy. He. I mean, he did not let people in, especially people in the media. he He was not an engaging guy. He didn't small talk. I mean, he just didn't have that personality. He was kind of anxious. I think he had some social anxiety. I mean, you could see that he didn't particularly like um, uh, speaking to the press in a formal situation. never mind, in an informal situation where you could really get to know him. he was not an engaging guy. I mean, he was not rude. He just was his personality type. He, he was not. Uh, warm and fuzzy, and, and and he didn't, he wasn't, Mister, you know, joke around with, and uh, you know, he was there to to uh, do his business, and and uh, so he was never going to open up to, to people in the media. He didn't, I don't think he opened up much to teammates, except maybe for a, a couple here and there. So he was definitely a tough guy to get to know uh, on a on a personal level. So uh, yeah, I mean, he there would be if he had secrets, uh, there wouldn't be much trouble keeping them because he really was a guy who kept to himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'd be probably in between Tug McGraw and Steve Carlton. so (laughs) (laughs) He's somewhere in that range there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You did a very quick piece, uh, one-on-one with Cole Hamels, about that remarkable run he had in 2008. Uh, What were your takeaways from that that maybe you didn't know before?
3: Well, over here at NBC Sports Philadelphia, uh, starting tonight... We are rerunning the entire 2008 postseason run, uh, all 14 games, sure. and um, it's going to last a couple weeks. And uh, so tonight's game one, and you know Cole Hamels kind of gets that postseason off to a great start with a eight shutout innings against the Milwaukee Brewers, and you know he had pitched in the previous postseason '07, and he kind of got beat around by. Um, by Colorado, and that was a great learning experience, not only for him, but also for the team, you know, getting in in the playoffs that year and failing, and they really kind of knew their way around the the next year, and he he flat out said, "I you know, I didn't do the job in 07, I I didn't want to repeat of 07, and he was just on top of his game for an entire month, he made five starts, the team won all five of them, he was 4-0, 35 innings, he only gave up seven runs. I mean, he put a team on his back. They had a lot of great complimentary players, as we know. They had a lot of great mm-hmm. core star players, as we know. He, was, he, was, he rose above them all, put a team on his back, MVP of the uh, LCS, MVP of the World Series. And um, he, that game that we're going to show tonight really kind of put him, you know, it gave him a lot of confidence going forward in that postseason. And he just got on a roll, and he did not come off that roll until he rolled down Broad Street in the parade.
1: And remember, fans, Colorado did make the World Series in 2007. They got swept by four in the Red Sox, but they did make it to the World Series. Uh, Jim, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. Really appreciate your time. This is a lot of fun for us. Thank you.
3: My pleasure. Good to be with you, and you have a great day. and Be safe, and uh, hopefully have some ball soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. Can't wait when it does finally happen, Jim. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye.
1: Jim Salisbury, NBC Sports Philadelphia. We will come back. Bob Grove on the NHL situation in the final half hour. Um, yeah, I get so many text matches from Matt with his pictures of his kid. It's like, I got more pictures of your kid than have my own kids. What the heck? <laughs> he actually has he actually has him, by the way. A news radio 1070 WKOK. Is it a t shirt or a onesie?
2: It's a onesie. It's
1: a onesie. And Chad Hirschberger gave that to you.
2: Correct. He gave us one for every station and he gave it to us. He came to the hospital the day after he was born, I think. It might have been the day up. I think it was the day after. So, yeah, shout out to Chad for those good looking onesies. He now fits in them. So, we're sending one to Chad every day.
1: He is a good looking, healthy young guy. Yes, okay. Thank and five God
2: months for, today.
1: Uh, five months today. Thank God for his mother. All right, we'll come <laughs> back with uh, more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. great to have you with us today yes this is uh, what uh, graduation week for high schools right good amount of them yeah
2: some have already been huh. done
1: yes yeah, some have been uh handing out diplomas and drive-bys you know they have tents set up at the high school and so forth some have done it that way Oh man, you you think about uh, there's a friend of ours. Oh, in fact, you know we've talked about it. Poor Gary, Gary and Amy Goloshevsky their daughter Elizabeth is graduating. She had her prom dress all picked out, the whole deal. You know, it's like really? Ah, it's just it's. Oh, no, it's brutal. Really is. I know we all have to do our part. You know, people have to sacrifice. Blah 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 blah. Guess what? doesn't mean we can't recognize how cruel certain things are well she's going to Penn State and uh and she comes from great parents and she's ter- absolutely tremendous herself so all right I've got three state eye graduates on my street here I And as you know, I don't have a very big street Um, I don't know how many graduates you have in your street Because you live in a gated community
2: (laughs) Yeah, not many
0: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding their customers, their friends. The right insurance, whether it's auto, home, life, business, bundles, and they'll do whatever they can to find you the best price because they know budget's important, too. They'll update the policies for you, keep you well-informed. If there's ever a claim, they go to work as if it happened to them because customer service means everything to Purdy Insurance. That's Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and somebody. Go to PurdyInsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And don't forget about sunburymotors.com to check out the great lines. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory, which is great. And you can get the buying process started right there in the comfort of your own living room. All at sunburymotors.com couple of notes for you Clemson wide receiver Justin Ross remember him in the national championship game against Alabama a couple seasons ago he was dynamic it looks like he's going to miss the 2020 season and his career actually is now in jeopardy he was diagnosed with what Dabo Sweeney called a congenital fusion in his spine a great freshman year run to the national championship he was going to be the focal point of the passing game for Trevor Lawrence this year He suffered with, now remember, there were some teams, by the way, that had started spring practice. Penn State had not, but Clemson had started spring practice. And they had a scrimmage in the final practice session before the coronavirus shutdown. And in that scrimmage, he suffered what they thought was a stinger. The next day, team doctors said x rays showed the issue. They said Ross has had this since birth without being aware of it. So he's going to go to Pittsburgh on Thursday and undergo surgery on Friday with Dr. David Conwell, the leading uh, neurologist there. I want to say UPMC. And Sweeney said that Ross in good spirits, fine physically, but the injury is significant concern if he were to play football. He said he feels perfectly fine, but the doctors know he's at risk. But the doctor says he's optimistic that Ross will be able to play football at some point. Sweeney so also says he's unaware of any player who's undergone this surgery and returned previously. He said in January, Justin will have to make a, have a decision to make. Last year, 66 catches, 865 yards. Okay. So we wish him the best. Because obviously, you watch him play. He, tremendous future. Uh, Pat Dye passed away at the age of 80, former Auburn coach there a dozen years, three Sugar Bowls. Uh, Yeah, he was Bo Jackson's coach. We'll just do it that way for you. He was Bo Jackson's coach. And Damian Barber announced that he has put his name into the football transfer portal. So let's get to the NHL now. 2014 playoff. With that, we bring back our good friend Bob Grove from Pittsburgh. Bob, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Always a pleasure.
4: Steve, great to be on with you as always.
1: All right. So uh, it was no surprise in the press conference, but it sure was pretty short on details. <laughs> I, mean, yep. I, I thought. Uh, First of all, what do you think of what they've decided to do with the 24? We, I mean, I think everyone knew for seven teams the season was over. But what do you think about how they want to go about the 24? Uh,
4: you know, because most of this plan had been discussed, Steve, in, in uh, you know in the in the week or ten days ahead um, of the announcement officially from Garrett uh, I don't think there were any big surprises. I think everybody understands an imperfect situation. You'll just. Uh, it's, you'll deal with what uh, what you have in front of you. I, you know, 24 teams is still a couple too many for me, but I get it if this is how you have to do it logistically. And to your point, the details—that's um, where I think people are going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of discussion about where they land on this. And that this goes from everything to where are the two hubs located um to are the first and second rounds of the sixteen team tournament are they five or seven games? Right. Are you are you receding teams after each round? Yeah. Uh, including after the best of five. They they that that they're leaving up to the players and for me reading what the players are saying, there's no question they're going to say, reseed after every round. reseed the teams. You're not going to play a straight bracket. So, yes, to your point, we need some more details, but I think everybody basically agrees that while it's not perfect, it's about the best we could do.
1: Uh, and this is completely different than what we're seeing in terms of the acrimony between baseballs, players, and owners. It's not like the NHL hasn't had that over the years. They've had many lockouts, but it seemed like they quietly went about their business, and at least Accomplish something to save the season.
4: Yeah, no, there's no question of renegotiating. You know, they're they're right now they're they've already started to um, renegotiate their collective the bargaining agreement. This was before um, the pandemic. So that was surprisingly smoothly. It's a continuation of this. I mean, right now the players' association and the NHL are getting.
1: and we'll giving call giving the players good. No, no, go ahead, Bob, because we you you can't you fit in and out there. That's why I jumped. Oh,
4: in. I'm so I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, no. I don't know what the... No, but the NHL and its players association are getting along pretty well and have been now for for over well over a year and they seem to be working very well together. And to your point, this is just, you know, it's incredible for me to watch baseball do what it's doing. This is not the time for these millionaires to be arguing about how the money is split. It's just insane to me to think about it. And so I give the players in the NHL and the league a lot of credit for the way they've worked together. They're they're not in total agreement on everything, but they they understand it's for the good of the game, and they understand the advantages of having this all worked out, mm, except for a few details ahead of time.
1: Well, again... We're in an uncertain time. The bottom line is, is not saving nineteen twenty. The bottom line is is that by playing and doing something, you then give yourself a better shot at being productive in 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25 because you haven't lost your fan base.
4: Right. And, you know, I mean, look, I still know a few people who, uh, when, the, when the, World Series, the year the World Series wasn't held, they've never recovered from that and they've never gone to another game. So right, I mean, yeah. you know. So, what is the damage you do to your game, your sport, your entertainment dollar uh, uh, whenever you have that kind of discord? And uh, for the NHL players, just to be ready to go and you know basically kind of do whatever they need to do to get a season done, is it's, it's heartening.
1: No question. Uh, after a break, and I think you and I did talk about this briefly. After such a long break, though. <laughs> In reality, how long? I mean, uh, do you know if, if these guys have been doing anything on the side themselves? They very well maybe.
4: They have, and have been report I mean, some of them have actually gotten some ice time in places, but uh, you know, most of them, most of them, just doing what they can at home, unable to get to a gym or you know, getting gym equipment or whatever they've been doing. But now that this is ramping up, so you know, next week you could see that you know these teams getting clearance to bring at least six in, um, you know, six players in to work out. Uh, you're going to see that the you know the league has now said the camps won't open till July 10th. We heard Bettman say not sure if three weeks is the magic number for training camp. Might be a little shorter if the players feel like they're in great you know in better mm-hmm. condition than they would hope. So you could start around August 1st or something like that. But look, there's no there's no doubt, Steve, that when we finally get to some games, whether it's the round robin games between the teams that are getting a bye where the teams in the best of five, it's going to be a little. It's going to be a little rough around the edges for a couple of games.
1: No question. Uh, now let's get to the, the next part. Obviously, each round you declare a playoff roster. How many? You know, just between you and me. How many? How many players do you think a team should carry uh, to be a part of these practices and so forth? And then select. Okay, here's our twenty. But how many extras should there be? Because you know. <laughs> Let's face it; nobody's played in months, so you may need somebody yeah. in the next round.
4: Yeah, and you know the NHL has talked about expanding the rosters to twenty-five. Okay, you know, they're normally they're at twenty-three, uh, but as you know, when you get into the playoffs, and if your farm team, for instance, is out or never made the Calder Cup playoffs in the American League, then you've got a, a whole host of players. Yeah, uh, you know the quote-unquote black aces who are skating on their own after the team is done, and you've got plenty of bodies. But you're going to, in this situation. Yeah, you're going to need, you know, you're going to need 30, I would guess, at, yeah, le- at least.
1: That's the number I was
4: thinking. Yep. No, I agree. Yeah, Because because this, this is the thing is, no matter what you do in camp and no matter what these players do in June when they're allowed to have smaller groups, it, the the odds of you getting a muscle injury are going to go up. And so you yeah. might have some injuries that you might have a few more injuries than like that that you're not expecting at this time of year.
1: Normally, you, we get into the, at least in my mindset, you are who you are. But, for example, the, the Penguins are going to play Montreal to start out with. Montreal did, yep. not, Montreal did not have a great year. Yet they've got, potentially, if he's sharp, a fabulous goaltender. His prices can be, can be really, really good. How, I mean, how's, yep. Yep. how unpredictable could all of this be?
4: Well, when you play a best-of-five, you've added a, a layer of unpredictability that yep. wouldn't normally exist. So let's let's all say what's true is when you get to a short series, that helps the team that's the underdog. Yep. The Canadians also benefit from the fact that they they know they haven't earned this right, and so they've gotten a second life. They've gotten a chance to compete, so they have zero to lose. Exactly. So that's all good for them. Carey Price, not had a great – he's had a very average couple of years. Right, I know. They have, the, And they have the worst record of any team in the tournament. And so they have some things that I just mentioned going for them, but what the Penguins have going for them is not only should they have – they have more playoff experience, they should have the confidence that comes with what they've accomplished this season knowing that, and here's the other thing that I think people are forgetting, because quite frankly Steve, there's a lot of people around Pittsburgh who, who they're getting, they're worried about Carey Price. I, I don't really totally get that. I mean, he's a terrific goaltender, but he's not the guy he used to be. The mm-hmm. team in front of him is very average at best, yeah. but what people for me are forgetting is that the Penguins of all the things that motivate the penguins the great stars they have the fact that ownership is is spending money to make sure that they that they have every chance to compete for the stanley cup all the things that normally they have as motivating factors here's the one that they they also have which is what team underachieved most in last season's playoffs you could point to the penguins they get swept in the first round. That is a very fresh memory for them right now and yeah. it should be a motivating factor for them when they get in this series.
1: Yeah, the other one's the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> yes. I'll be very very fresh to them as to what Columbus did to them last year. Yeah,
4: no, no question. And 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 I and I have to question I have to question, you know, where Tampa Bay's head is right now because they're one of the two teams that voted against us. Like You have a team that could win the Stanley Cup, and I think if most people picked, you know, give us your top four teams to win the Cup, probably Tampa would be on every list. And you're saying, no, I don't really want to, I'd rather not play under this format. Shouldn't you be jumping at the opportunity to to play in any format when you have a team like Tampa? So I
1: wonder about that. Yeah, I wonder about that too. They also haven't selected where the locations will be i guess pittsburgh is still in the running does pittsburgh mm-hmm. have you know if pittsburgh were to somehow host this uh obviously there's plenty of hotel space and things like that is there yep. are there enough sheets of ice out there to practice and 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 to, and to pull this off
4: oh yeah no absolutely and you know you could and they are um one of the ten teams that are ten cities that's still in in the running for this, and uh, you know the Penguins have pointed out that they have a partnership um, with UPMC, which gives them a great um, a health partner in in trying to think through yeah. all the health issues you have to work with. I think that's a, that's you know a, a really good thing in their favor. There's all kinds of rinks around Pittsburgh, so that wouldn't be an issue. So if remember, if you have you have um, you have twelve teams here, I'm guessing Steve, that you're playing three games a day. Yeah. Um, and so you've got so that's six teams so you have to have practice facilities for the other six Um, some of them could go in the morning at the rink but some of them could go to the 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 Penguins practice facility in Cranberry north of Pittsburgh so yeah Pittsburgh's got a lot going for it and it's not a hot hot spot for the pandemic right now I mean we're, we're doing fairly well with the numbers um, which is something they're looking at. So, but mm-hmm. of course, it won't be an advantage for the Penguins if they get it. Uh, they may get the last line change if they're the higher seed yeah. team. But yeah, but um, I find it interesting though. The league thought this through to the point where, like, let's say Pittsburgh gets chosen, the Penguins don't get to stay at home. The Penguins are going to have to stay in a hotel like the, all the other teams.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Just to even things out in some yep. in some way. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. I don't That's I don't fine. have an
4: issue with that. Yep.
1: Uh, is Allegheny County what yellow now?
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the, you know, I think the thinking is maybe
1: next week green. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they made that kind of progress which is which is great. Um what about ending one, uh, I know we I asked you this. Now we're getting at least some feel that like maybe July 10th is training camp and maybe let's just say July 25th, 26th, they, 27th they start playing these games. <laughs> What's your thought on when next season would start?
4: Uh right now my guess would be mid December. Yeah. Because you're going to play basically all of August and September. It's going to take you to get through the playoffs unless, Steve, unless the NHL says, okay, we've now decided that the first and second rounds of the 16-team tournament are going to be five games. Then it won't take quite that long. I, I don't like that idea. I think it should be best of seven.
1: I do too.
4: If you're going to wait for all this, just play best of seven, play all the way to the end of September, and then you start back up again in December, and now you're going to have to play through the end of May, probably the following season. So it's actually going to take you a couple of years to get back on a quote-unquote yeah. normal kind of schedule.
1: Well, we're on a normal type of schedule, so I really, I, <laughs> <laughs> I really, as always, we appreciate you very much, Bob. Thanks so much. Great to hear from you. I'm glad everything's going well.
4: Thanks so much, Steve.
1: As Bob Grove, we're wrapping up in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
5: Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. We continue to listen to the recommendations from federal, state, and local experts, including the Center for Disease Control concerning efforts to limit the spread of coronavirus. During this time, our office remains operational and available to service our current and new clients. Our employees will be available by phone at 570-286-5855, as well as email, and have access to our systems to continue to conduct business. Please know that our after-hours emergency service will continue to be available. Based on the recommendations from federal, state, and local experts, our building will be closed to the public during these extraordinary times. Our employees will be working from home to practice social distancing so we can do our part to keep our staff and community as safe and healthy as possible. Please be advised that all face-to-face meetings will be discontinued in favor of conducting business via phone or email. At this time, we ask that you be safe, be well, and be kind, and know that your Purdy insurance team is committed to the highest levels of service and is only a phone call away.
1: By the way, nice comment from our old good friend Kerry Stroh. I had the pleasure of working with Bob Grover, the Washington Observer reporter one of the good guys for sure No doubt about that He is all that and more Also want to thank a couple of people, uh, Sonny Brown and Jeremy Kayley, uh sending likes to the uh, show Sonny, Jeremy, thank you so much for that Appreciate that very, very much Two quick notes, uh, both involving the suit. Um, number one, uh, Saturday is a huge day. IndyCar Racing returns Saturday in Texas That's on the right. Super Speedway. Like I said, good news and bad news. That's the good news. The bad news, and I don't know you can confirm this or not, is there a recall election in Ward 4?
2: Just this I can't confirm or deny.
1: Okay. I mean, it's just a rumor with the primary tomorrow. I you know. Uh, God, I've got a whole bunch of ballots here. So <laughs> I mean I didn't know if that was true or not. And you know, you're the news guy. But like I just seemed like a good news, bad news scenario. The good news is IndyCar racing's back Saturday. The bad news is is a recall election award four. I don't <laughs>
2: Yeah, no. that I that I can't help you with.
1: <laughs> you want to help me with it? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Well, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. <laughs> at least we can have a little, at least for a moment, a little levity, because there hasn't been a lot of levity. In a while. Um, we'll see what baseball wants to do with this. I mean, everywhere you look with them, there's the Astros thing. Smaller st- extent, the Red Sox thing, although that, that ended up being pretty benign. There's the Astros thing, the minor league baseball thing, taking the draft from 40 to five rounds. And now this negotiation. Yeah. From a public relations point of view, who's advising these people? I mean, seriously.
2: If these are the same people, I think it's time to be reevaluated.
1: <laughs> I,
2: considering the last oh what few months.
1: My goodness. Who sits around in a conference room or in a Zoom call and says, "Hey, we think this is an awesome idea"? They are. I mean, last year they generated 10.7 billion dollars in revenue, which is a record. Now they're not. Now, obviously, this year is a loss. It's just a question now whether you can put a deal together to keep the losses down. But you're trying to do things in such a way that makes the future brighter, and you are, you have not done a single thing that may, has made anybody feel good. Since the end of the World Series last year, nothing. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Summer. Go to purdyinsurance.com.